0: I don't even know how to contain myself Love right you. now. <laughs> that. Good, good. Okay, so welcome back to the Bloom Line. It's your host and content creator, Michelle Da. And you guys, we are doing a recap of the series King's Bloom 2, and I have two amazing queens that's going to be joining us today, and I'm going
1: to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. I'm Dr. LaShawn Williams. I'm a mental health therapist and university professor here in the state of Utah. And I am Princess DeRose. I am a yoga
2: therapist in training and... Health promotions and education, master's
0: graduate. Cha again? Because she gonna try to act like she went on the blue line before her, trying to introduce her professional. Yeah,
1: okay, girl, I'm tell us your resume. Okay. with your credentials, yes. Your initials, your initials. Cha, she a nut? It ain't like. Mm-hmm.
0: Service and training. Clearly. <laughs> yes. Anyways. So we are all in Utah right now. Uh this is I think like the second uh episode that I've recorded like in person with mm-hmm. um like, you know, with with my guests. So yes. uh, this is exciting for me yes. if I get to touch y'all. It's just different vibes when you're in the same room. Mm-hmm, so I definitely. see why people do that. But um anyway, so we're gonna be talking about um some highlights and some things that we have learned uh so we're going to start some conversations based on a lot of the things that the men were sharing and i think one of the things that me and princess was kind of talking about before was it was like how do we really create men for uh space for men yes like what is like what is a real way of doing that because there's like the oh like you know it is my it's not my responsibility no mm-hmm. i don't want to be responsible for a man's emotional well-being. Yeah. I do not. Right. But at the same time, how can me as a woman um, in a partnership, whether it's platonic or, or a relation, mm-hmm. you know, romantic relationship, how do I create space for a man in
1: a healthy way? <sighs> isn't, that, isn't that like, that's, that's like the, the question of the hour, right? Yes. <laughs> the question of the hour because you think about all the emotional labor that goes into it. Oh, child. It's so much. And you think about how we are like, socialized to love to a fault you know, and how I feel like it's one of the, one of the podcasts you're talking about how as women, you know, we just naturally are more like we're more charming, we're, we're, you know, it speaks to our ability to be successful but and that we're more loving. And I think that it's true. I don't like for it to be true, but I think that it's true that we are taught to have like this bottomless, um, way of accepting people. Um, and this bottomless desire to, to heal broken things. So, we were talking about lemonade earlier, right? And so in one of her songs, Sandcastles, uh, when you look at the scene, like it's panning one of the scenes, you'll see a broken bowl that's put back together, and it's a kintsugi bowl. And the kintsugi, the principle of kintsugi is when something breaks, you don't throw it away. You put it back together, but you put it back together with gold, in, gold and, and glitter in the glue to demonstrate that you are putting together this thing that was broken But you're also putting it on display as a prominent um, piece of decor in not just your house, but just your own process. So you apply it to people and it's like, all right, to what extent do I hold space for you to be broken? And if I'm holding space for you to be broken, what's my responsibility just to hold the space? Or do I got to put you together too? And then I think that's the conversation and the balance, the functional balance that we have to have and, Mm. and find and maintain is... Yeah, I want to love you and I want to have space for you. I just don't want to do that at the expense of my own sanity and the expense of my own functionality. Um because nobody wants to be taken advantage of.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of
2: sense. I agree and I I think just a second that like when we talk about like holding space for individuals Sometimes we forget that we're somebody that needs to hold space for ourselves. Um, We always get into that context of like, I need to be there for other people, Mm -hmm. but we fail to be there for ourselves. And I feel like that whole like transition and talk about self-love, you know, really the the basic foundation of self-love is like, how do you hold space for yourself? And then when you enter in relationships, whether they are romantic or platonic relationships, like, are you able to hold space for yourself? Are you giving too much in a friendship? And I, I don't think it's bad to give, but I think sometimes we lose ourselves in the giving.
1: Mm-hmm. Because we
2: forget like, oh, I need time for myself. I need alone time. Or I need time to just be like, all right, I need to regroup. Um, and that same goes with romantic relationships. I think that when we, and I'm just going back to like something I've learned how to practice. is like when I hold space in a relationship, I'm like, I'm going to hold space for myself this is your space and I know that I have space for myself so that whether or not this relationship works I know that I can leave with having myself too and having myself whole and I feel like that's the whole concept of holding space is like you know how can we give to ourselves as well
0: so I think like let's give some examples mm-hmm. on people especially nowadays you know holding space is like a trending yes. uh, phase that people use how do we hold self uh, space for ourselves Example, like I love going to the movies by myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love going through matinee hours where I don't have to deal with nobody. Mm-hmm. I get my little popcorn and my little Coke, even though I'm not supposed to be drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> And I just treat myself to a good day Mm -hmm. of just not dealing with nobody. Like, even if messages come through, I am not answering Mm -hmm. or I'll answer them when I choose to. I don't feel like the urgency, the, oh, let me hurry up and text this person back. Or I don't share certain things on social media because I just want it to be something that's for myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Journaling
0: is me. I don't want nobody around me. I don't want nobody interrupting in my space. When it comes to me journaling, that's me Mm -hmm. holding space for myself. Mm -hmm. Those are just some examples
1: so people can understand what it means, quote unquote, to hold space for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said, I feel like the main key, like the key word for me in that is urgency. Like you don't put that urgency on yourself for anybody but yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like that urgency to respond to a text or to be there for that person or my friend's having a crisis, so when they call, I know I'm going to answer. Unless you have that you know, previously arranged. But I think that urgency. We are in that go, go, go time of life, whether it be with you know, work or if you're parenting or if you've got relationships or friendships that you're trying to manage. I don't think we've all been uh, effectively taught to make space and to guard that space for ourselves. That's the big piece is that it being able to guard the space. 'Cause you can make time for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to the movies, but if I don't guard and protect that space and, and those and, healthy boundaries. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No. Today I am not. Going today to I'm do, not. Yeah. And and one of the things that's always stuck with me is like I'm not saying no to you, I'm saying yes to me. So I gotta say yes to my space and yes to my time because you're not going to. You're gonna keep asking things of me, you know? For like my kids, I've told them that there are times like if I need a nap and I'm I'm happy that I'm raising them to understand that I'm a human being. Mommy is a human. Mommy gets stressed out, and they've learned to start anticipating. So if I'm like, you know, my head's down, i got my fingers on my forehead, they're like, ooh, mommy's got a headache, guys, we got to be quiet. And that's good, Mm -hmm. because if they aren't recognizing it, then if I'm getting stressed out even more, that's when I start yelling, and then none of us are happy. But I've learned that I have to create that space for me, and I have to teach them that it's okay for mommy, who's supposed to be taking care of them, supposed to be, right? But it's okay for mommy to have space, because a good mommy is good for you. Mm -hmm. You know?
2: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that idea of like self sacrificing, like we don't have to be that. And sometimes it's like that constant reminder when we are trying to hold space for ourselves or be there for people, we feel like we have to sacrifice ourselves. But um, I love that what um, LaShawn said about that idea of just finding that balance and every day it's a constant balance like to hold space for yourself to be present for yourself as well as like still being a friend being a lover being a parent Mm -hmm. like there's no uh, you know there's no limit to that it's just that we need to um basically be more Mm self-aware because i feel like that's the disconnect with any relationship is that we we feel like we have to pour so much into other people that we forget to pour into ourselves Especially if we're taught to do that.
1: Right. You know, if we grow up seeing that all you do is pour yourself into somebody else, but you don't recognize that there's that need to be poured into, how do you take that with you into a friendship, a relationship, you know, a romance? How do you do that if you haven't seen it done? You stumble your way through it as you teach yourself to, but it's hard. It's hard to say no. It's hard to say no to you. It's hard to say yes to me. Like, it's very difficult to do those things because you're worried you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or damage a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. I think... um the reason why I created the series, King's Bloom Two, is like a woman creating space for men to freely you know um express themselves or share their personal stories because rarely do we ever hear that, and so that was like my way of quote unquote like you know making space for men mm-hmm. in a sense um really trying to learn from them, understand from them, but them also understand from our perspective you know, um, how we were raised to look at them, how we were raised to cater to them and how there are a lot of things that we do are not necessarily signs of weakness or that we do not want to quote unquote be submissive to the process of Mm -hmm. the traditional way of dating Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Um, it was really important to kind of touch on the whole topic of yeah. toxic masculine masculinity. And through each episode, you know, you're able to see different layers of it and how it affects everyone in a different way, For but sure. at the same time, it was... Essentially, across the board, it was really the same result. Mm -hmm. A lot of it stemmed from romantic relationships Mm -hmm. and how they interact with women, whether it was a mother or, you know, a woman that they were, Mm -hmm. you know, interested in romantically. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. I was listening back and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I was like, wow, it really has a lot to do with the family base. It does. Yeah.
1: It does. And it's we were talking about, you know, moms being on a pedestal and mom is the queen, but yet having that differential treatment to other women. Yeah, Mm yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and I was thinking about it where I wonder what is it that happens in our families where that shift occurs, where boys who are interested in women are taught to interact with women in these transaction kinds of ways. Where, like, with their mothers, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't an explicit transaction. It was a caring, nurturing, giving between mother and son, but that doesn't transfer to son who's interested in dating women, who wants relationships with women. He doesn't know how to have that same kind of transaction. Mm-hmm. And you would think it would, be nat- it would be natural because if they did it with their mother, then it should, you know, also happen with the women that they're interested in being with romantically in their lives, but some, there's a disconnect from that family environment into the social arena where men and women begin dating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the cat, you guys, at the door. i yes, It's okay. Cat. The Bloom line is used to, like, interruptions. My A-lines niece sometimes finds me when I'm recording, mm-hmm. so it's all good. We're family on the Bloom line, so they understand interruptions. Yes. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think... Um, I mean I'm a big fan of the Red Table Talk. And mm-hmm. Common was just on the on Red Table Talk and oh, he was talking I about to see that. Okay. you have to watch it. Mm-hmm. He talks about how um, his brother placed the responsibility of being the man of the house on him mm-hmm. and how that translated to him when he was in re- uh, romantic relationships if women needed certain things he'd be like no it reminded him too much of his mom. Okay. And it was too much of a responsibility. And he just didn't want that type of interaction. Yeah. That intimacy just wasn't there. Because mm-hmm. he was like, nah, I'm good. Like, this reminds me of something that's way too familiar. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think... um Who mentioned that? Um, Beza, um actually mentioned a lot about how his mother used to tell him... It was the opposite for him. And in his interaction with his mom. Because his mom would be in a corner crying, and he'd be like, you see, this is what men have the power to do Mm -hmm. to women. I'm crying because men don't do this to Mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. And it was those interactions with him that taught him how to be there for women. Yeah. And so he got pretty lucky to be a part of that process where his mom brought him in and and showed
1: him how not to. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the transfer. Yeah. You know, I think kids, kids aren't stupid. Like, you know, little kids know when, if I'm to be the man of the house, or I'm the little woman of the house, and these are the things that are expected of me, kids can kind of tell, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But they don't have any power to do anything different about it. Um, so then, you know, they become the little man of the little woman of the house. Then that carries with them through the rest of their, you know, in their adult years after their formative years. But with things like this, when a parent shows you that they're human that they're hurting that they're hurting because of what someone else has done to them and you can see one plus one equals two you can see well if daddy did this to mommy and mommy's crying i don't want to do what daddy did not necessarily i don't want to be like daddy mm-hmm. there might be some good things about that you do want to be but i don't want to do whatever he did that's hurting mommy because it's not good to hurt people in general right. like that that transfer that his mother gave to him is powerful it's really powerful and i don't know that that happens consistently in our families, from parents to kids. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we said that is you uh. I mean, No, I, I, no. It's always in, it's always in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's never in a way to teach or to edify. To teach or to edify, absolutely. absolutely. So for us, we're just like we all. We grow up with these red flags. Yes, we yes, grow we do. up. With these like preconceived like thoughts, mm-hmm. and you know we see red flags where we really don't see them because that's just what we were taught. That's the bad yeah, job. no, no, not 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 at all, especially in the Haitian culture. Like no. Well, they, don't at, talk, they don't talk about anything. You uh-huh. don't have a right to ask any questions.
1: Not to a parent, not at no. all. No. No, who do you think How you How dare you? don't
0: pay no mm-hmm. bills here. And then when I turned 15 and I started working at the little Boys and Girls Club, I was like, well, I'm bringing a check home. Like, you know, I'm bringing a little dishwasher. Like, you little know, detergent. Like, you know, Brian, Brian will say, Yeah. I think I have a voice. Hello. I thought that I had something to say. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Wait till you get your own house. <laughs>
1: uh, the, 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 the line keeps yes. moving like okay I thought I I thought I had made it here all right so yeah oh, I
0: think that especially for me I grew up in a house with uh, mostly men mm-hmm. I'm the youngest and the only girl of like five boys yeah and so my mom I have seen interactions with my mom and my dad where a lot of the things that she said didn't matter hmm he would make his decisions and that that was it. Mhm. And I saw a lot of when I was young, I couldn't ask no questions. If I was confused, didn't understand something, whether it was at church or whether it was at home, you did not have the right to question mm-hmm. an adult because mm-hmm. it was seen as if you were testing them or like being disrespectful yeah. or like whatever. I'm like, no, yeah. actually, I'm just trying to learn.
1: That's it. I'm just being a child. Just 11. That's right. Just right. trying to understand right. what's That's going right. on with my mm-hmm. vagina here. Like, <laughs>
0: you know, just for real, because like, when it came to me, even my mistress, I was terrified to tell my mom that I had my period. Because mm-hmm. she would have thought I had sex. So I hid it from her. Ooh. So it was, it's stuff like that. It's yeah. like, I don't shoot. I don't know. She probably don't yeah. think I'm out here doing whatever. Like, I was afraid to talk to my parents about any and
1: everything. Like, I would learn from my friends. Yeah, yeah. but then we carry that fear into our relationships.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we're scared
1: to talk. So how are we going to make space if we're scared to talk about things? And, you know, the thing that I keep thinking about with uh, men and women in relationships is... Holding space doesn't mean it has that I have to heal you in that space. It just means I gotta have space for you. Um in some of my most significant relationships, being clear about me and understanding when I'm upset or if I'm triggered about something, having a best friend that can say, So are you mad at me or did something else happen and that's why you have attitude in your voice? And then I gotta be aware enough of myself to be like, Oh, you know what, you're right. This is what happened, I got really upset about this and I'm just really frustrated. And so at that point, my friend has no obligation to listen or interview or make me tell anything but just recognizing it and like helping me check myself is really good as far as you go yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) as far as we go yeah
1: and so like that's that's important because then it keeps the emotional responsibility on me to get myself good so I can be cool in our relationship and it's not about I'm stressed out so I'm gonna come and take it out in the safest place that I can which is with you Mm -hmm. and too many times I think we do that instead of realizing that Okay, I can call you I'll call you on this and have you check yourself. And then do you want me to listen? Do you need me to just kind of make space? Do you need to vent? You just need somebody to be mad at cuz if I know, I can function. You need somebody to be mad at. Cool. Go ahead and be mad at me. It's not about me. It's about you being mad right now. Right. Or go ahead and be yeah. mad at me and get to where you got to get to so we can be good again. <laughs> being doesn't... able to have that in a relationship, I think is really important. It is very it's important. important. It is. Me and Princess had so that conversation, conversation. She's like, honestly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: But I
0: also but I saw like, laughing. And I was like, Oh child, we just had that last yeah. week.
2: But I also feel like the same in that same context, it's like we all have roles. Yeah. And sometimes like in those roles, like I mean Jerson talked about this. Hey Jerson. But I really like <laughs> hey, bro. I really like when he talked about the three Ps. He's like, you know, men like operate with these three Ps, like protector, provider, and pussy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all of those ideas of like how, you know, they have to be you know, that individual, like I have to be the provider. Like this is all I have to do, or I have to be the protector of my family or I'm all about getting pussy. Mm -hmm. And like that whole context is like, you know, giving men that space to be like, no, like I want to be aware and present for you, especially as a woman saying like, Hey, I want to be there for you. Like, well, no, you know, like they kind of in the same, in that same breath, turn it around and be like, well, I need to be this person. Mm -hmm. And you know, that also is highly frustrating. Just listening to some of those, um, You know conversations within the Bloomline. I feel like um, Brother Brian when he talked about that. He sounds like a preacher. I love you know. I love you know. I'm sorry. I really was enjoying his um, Brother Brian. Brother Brian. Brother Brian. (laughs) Reverend Bishop Brian. (laughs) Brian. Real Bishop (laughs) Brian. So when he was talking about that, he's like, you know, I've done all these things. Like he talks about his growth spurt, like mm-hmm. how he went through this journey of like, you know, that whole idea of like King's Bloom, like, you know, King and Bloom, what was it called?
0: The King's <laughs> Bloom too. Yeah. King's
2: Bloom too. Mm-hmm. So when he was talking about his journey and I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, like he's been through a lot to get to the space that he's in, but he also realized like he took, you know, me obviously listening to it in an analytical mindset. I was like, yeah, he did a lot, but he also allowed himself to make space to allow people to make space for him but at some point he sort of closes that off because he realizes like you know I have to take care of me I have Mm -hmm. to do things for me Mm -hmm. and you know there's nothing wrong with that but it also kind of like for me as I listened to all the series it was like in a way triggering because I'm like huh all these men are in this journey of like self-healing but there's way there are spaces that they've closed themselves off because they go back to that I have to be a provider I have to be you know a protector I have to go yeah. after X Y and Z and it's just like okay so where is it that you are trying you know even Elliot mentioned this he's like you know as much as I do this work for other people and try to help them through this process as a therapist it's
1: what he struggles with it's what I struggle uh-huh, with too uh-huh, uh-huh. and Child, I, was, I was like you a therapist <laughs> I listen I, like, I, was yeah, mm-hmm. I was shocked yeah I was shocked. I was shocked
2: so I I mean I mean just listening to that I think you know we you know in that whole retrospect like we have roles and I think we are constantly trying to like you know shift and change as an individual but within that role that's something that we come up with in childhood like men were grown up in these childhood environments to be like hey like you know you're you know like brother brian when he was talking about his father going <laughs> <laughs> when his father was going to um prison like because mm-hmm. you know that was like you have to be the man of the house now mm-hmm. you know in the same context with um tino when he was talking about like his family dynamic and how his father wasn't around because of work you know all these different things whether it was spoken or you know just like as a child you seem like okay i'm the oldest i have to then take that responsibility or being told by your father or a father figure hey you're the oldest now take on this lead mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's a mandate on you as a man and then you like how do navigate in a relationship with a woman now, because then I see my mother on this pedestal, but then I want to love and love a woman, but will she demand the certain, the same things from me, and do I have to give her those
0: things in order yeah, to be it's a lot of pressure yeah it it's a, a lot, lot of pressure it it's is. a lot of pressure it is and I think um one of the things. Um, Brother Brian, <laughs> yes. um, Brother Brian, like, was really saying, was, um, you know, because he's so resilient in the way that he was telling okay. his story. Mm-hmm. But I was like, is there any moment you felt like defeated? You right, know, right, right. And he was like, yeah, like he doesn't like to talk about it because, mm-hmm. obviously, for a man, uh, being a provider is a really big part of it and mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why he felt like he was defeated because he was not capable of of doing um, like working providing for himself and not being of use mm-hmm. basically like in some form of fashion mm-hmm. especially after his dad put that responsibility on him and said hey you're the man in the house you're supposed to be doing x y and z so when it came to the point where he could not he didn't know himself yes yeah. yeah he didn't know what he was capable of he had forgot almost you know everything up until that point that he was you know an athlete that he was this mm-hmm. he was that mm-hmm. and he got into that space where he was like oh crap like it's like he did not know himself outside of providing and i'm realizing through this series it's a a lot of men don't know who they are outside of being a provider outside right. of being a protector outside mm-hmm. of, you know, vagina. Because mm-hmm. yeah, r- mm-hmm. I, I, that word is just too, I
1: was like, ooh, like <laughs> I was like,
0: ooh, I didn't know he was going there, but okay. But, you know, they really don't. And mm-hmm. so um, Brother Ryan was one of the ones who said that he wanted to be abstinent from sex because he really wanted to find out, like, who he was outside of that. And not just to be giving himself so freely to, mm-hmm. you know, to women and, mm-hmm. and who didn't care about him. But I think one of the ones that we we're talking about was the poem. Yes. Oh, listen. Yes. And you say his name because I like the way you say it. Oh, but am I saying it correctly though? Yes, you are, but I like the way it sounds oh, when you say it. I wrote it down. I was looking
1: at it because um, I get the D and the J. Mixed up, but Adejare. Yes. Yeah.
0: It sounds so good when you say oh,
1: it. Oh, I love his name. I thought it was amazing. And I, before we go to him, because what you're saying with Brian, um, image, he talked about how important image was for black men and how mm-hmm. when he didn't want to talk about his injury and he didn't want to talk about, I don't go there, you know, because that's really where he was tender. Mm-hmm. And so everything you know about, about um realty and homes and moving and being homeless, he sounded so confident. All of he those things. Great. Well, absolutely, he was. But he's telling his story, and mm-hmm. so of course you can tell your victory. But still, those places where his real identity truly was was still about providing, mm-hmm. providing entertainment, providing athleticism. Like men are only told that they can only do these certain things. Right. I can provide, which means I'm providing. I can protect. I can put my body on the line for a family friend self identity whatever and then I can pursue but pursuing an object of a person as opposed to pursuing an entire person mm. is going to it's going to impact negatively how they're able to really view anything if they if it's an image for them but it's a body part for a woman come on now like mm. how are you supposed to see all of me when you're only relegated to just seeing one piece of me well then of course there's not going to be a whole lot of space for me in the relationship or for you but how can I be ignorant of the fact that <laughs> Hey y'all I,
0: I got to go get my notebook
2: <laughs> <laughs> She literally just walked out of the <laughs> room Oh please <Well. laughs> i so tired.
1: But I'm serious though Like for real Cause I was, I was thinking about the gentleman that did this I'll talk
0: about you shit again. Come on, come I'm sorry, on. y'all. I just got my post-its, a pen. You good? You good? Okay. You good? Yeah. But right. re- no,
1: because it reminded me um, that I just child. when when you're when you're forced to only have access to your body, then of course you're going to seek relationship through accessing somebody else's body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can provide by putting my body out there by doing this and, that and the other. I can protect by putting my body on the line by doing these things. But like, who am I? Of course, I don't have an identity. I'm just my body. So then, of course, you're only a body.
0: So let me, me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason why a lot of men don't see the need, especially now there's this conversation happening, what do women really bring Ooh. to a marriage, to a union? <sighs> and so when you said that, I was like, I got to ask her that. Because a lot of men don't see the purpose, especially when... For example, they're pursuing their passion. Mm-hmm. They're living their purpose. Mm-hmm. Outside of sex, they're good. You know, you know they they are working out. They're yeah. pursuing their dreams. They're yeah. educated men. You know, they treat people respectfully. Mm-hmm. All of that, like they pretty much are set, mm-hmm. and they don't understand what's the need of
1: bringing in a woman. <sighs> <sighs> so now you can get me to like my esoteric places. Um... I I think that all of us need a balance of energies, and it can be masculine and feminine energy also, but it's also about what do you want to create in this world, what what do you want to leave, Um, what else do you want to do, like we're not all here to live by ourselves, we're here interconnected in families and communities, and so one of the things I focus on a lot more now when I do work with couples and relationships is what's your friendship like? Outside of your romance and your chemistry and your attraction, does it translate to your friendship? So somebody just like enjoying their time and their space, you just enjoy them as a person? That's what people can bring to relationships is just somebody else that I'm going through this life with at my side, you know? So that's what women can bring to a relationship is a companion along the way that's gotta be it but like if we're not taught to see people as companions along the way like you got your hustle I got my hustle and I'm excited for you and you're excited for me like we should be able to have those sorts of joinings but we're not taught to do that if we're just seeing each other as body parts and placeholders along the way or distractions or distractions yes Yes, absolutely. Because, or liabilities. Right. Or things that could, that could get in yeah, the way of me pregnant. being able to go forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, you are something that can get pregnant. You are. And you're <laughs> something that can actually
0: wear a condom. And, and get from getting pregnant, <laughs> too.
1: That's also important.
0: And I think um, when it comes to what men were taught about being providers, mm-hmm. is that women are a distraction. Oof. And so if you don't know how to, like, I'm sorry, like Brother Brian. <laughs> <laughs> he he, he you know he made a point where he was like, "I'm going to be abstinent from sex because you know he wanted to really focus on his purpose and mm-hmm. know who he was outside of like you know yeah. women in a relationship yeah. or sex, yeah, and if you don't do that work as a man, you'll never understand what it's like to be a person, sure outside of that, so a lot of men are not taught that or they no, don't no. decide to do that work. No. Or and so when they see like a woman coming back into their lives, or like this could be a really good person, they're just like, no, I can't. You're a distraction. All you're gonna want to do is have sex all day, or like, you know, you know, meet meet. Uh, needs are not being met mm-hmm. on a physical level, and mm-hmm. like now I gotta stop my routine and like fix you into my world somehow. So yeah. We're well, also just, seen as distractions, right?
2: Yeah. And I feel like that's the huge disconnect with um, the culture, and I mean you know, the culture as a whole, collective and concept. And I'm talking about like you know, well, I'm talking about black culture, mm-hmm. hip hop culture. What, what many of us, many of us have grown up in, is the culture shows us the idea of like you know this is the role of a woman, mm-hmm. and this is the role of a man. So then we grow up in these notions of like okay, this is how I'm supposed to act, and as we do this like you know energetic and shifting work. And realizing, like, no, I'm an individual. Like, I'm yeah. a whole person. Yeah. And being that whole person, like, I want to be in a relationship with another whole, whole person. person sure. And then, like, you know, it's more about, everyone's talking about 50-50. No, it's 100-100. We mm-hmm, come together. Mm-hmm. And when you have those days, like LeSean was saying, like, maybe I'm mad or maybe something happened at work or school or whatever. I want to come home to that person, that whole person or individual. Be like, okay, we can talk about this. Yeah. I can, you know, let my guard down. I can let my walls down. Mm-hmm. Because we do live in a society that is, you know, more or less you know attacking towards us so and as i feel like sometimes in context with that as a man you know in our culture these men sometimes feel like they have to hold that guard when they come home because they're like well i have to be this person i have to hold up you know more or less this image and if i do let my guard down you know am i showing her too much am i being too sensitive like you know that program is still going on in their head because they are still doing their work but i feel like also with listening to some of those um conversations I mean, Elliot mentioned that, as well as Tino, and I think Brother Brian talked about it as well, is like, you know, they're doing that work, and they see little bits and pieces of themselves where they're like, hey, I am making a change. I am making a shift. I am trying to work on these things, but also that sensitivity part where they can't really, like, get past that wall. Even Elliot Mm -hmm. himself said, he's like, I see myself wanting to go over that wall and make that difference and make that change, but in the same token, am I ready, you know? And, you know, that is... You know, that's your decision. That's your choice. Because, you know, I, I feel like as a woman, you're like, of course, you're ready to do it. Right. You know, we're doing our work. Right. But I mean, one of the, you know, the best quotes I heard from one of my mentors, um, I was in a yoga training. And one of the things he said, he's like, you know, women are going to take over the world. And he said it in a way that was, you know, kind of jokingly. And then he sat down on his mat and he's like, but in order for women to take over the world, they have to work on healing their emotional bodies. They have to do the work of healing themselves emotionally because they've experienced a lot of trauma in this world. Mm. And And he said, and in turn, as women heal themselves, they can help the men in their lives heal themselves as well. And, you know, I really took that to heart. And just even thinking about it makes me a little emotional because it was like, you know, being an example. Because I feel like when we... Are doing this work as women and really doing the work not being like oh i want a guy just to pay my bills or do whatever it's like mm-hmm. no i want a partner mm-hmm. i want a companionship mm-hmm. i want a friend that i can like bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. and you know be communicative with
0: and, and, and silly with yeah things. silly silly just silly and yeah. i don't want to be serious all, all the, time. the time life the time. is so hard yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you said that princess it made me think about this video that i saw that was circulating on social media mm-hmm. about it wasn't a, a video. I think it was like a picture of a man in his work uniform and his wife. Um, and when he comes home, he gives her a different person than he is at work. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. Give me the smile that you give that white man that you work for. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 She said, like, no, I want all of that. mm mm-hmm. When you come home too, is Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin? They're in a, a, a is it? discussion, and she Okay, talks okay, about that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's
0: powerful." And you look through the comments, and you can see the minds of people. Yes. Because I'm like, no, if they don't understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I want all of you. Mm-hmm. I don't want the mad, sad, or stressed out or tired you mm-hmm. when you come home. No, mm-hmm. give me the same person you walk through those that you, you get uh-huh, you exactly. at your job uh-huh. every single day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. that's who I married. Yes. Right. Or that's who I see. I'll, like, I'll accept all of it. Mm-hmm. But you're not just going to give me 25%. Yeah, whatever's right. left of you, mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. But I, also, I can handle it. I'm not a little delicate flower. The, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's another misconception that men mm-hmm. think that we are just these dance within the stress. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have a backbone. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have the capacity to be able to have certain conversations. Uh-huh. Like we were having at the barbecue the other day. Like, nigga, like, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, you know, we're not simple-minded. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We have dimensions, and we have ways of not demeaning a man when he expresses his emotions. That's not every... Female. That's right. not every woman. I oh, can't say female these
1: days. That's a sensitive word, too. Oh, goodness. i <laughs> It's, it's just, sensitive but word. It, I think it depends on who you grew up with. I grew up with a bunch of dudes who's, like, my best friends, and so I grew up talking about females, and I have to be aware of that. Yeah. It's and so, run them. I'm like... Me, too. But, I'm I mean, like, if this female behaves, yeah. it's female like, behavior...
0: Oh <laughs> it is what it is. Yes. But, yeah, it's like, I want all of you. Mm-hmm. I don't... The broken part, the sad part, the happy part, the joyful part. Like, I want it all. I'm capable of handling it all. You want to know why? Because I'm a whole person. Yes. Yes. You know, there are going to be times where that's why I need to be whole. So Mm -hmm. that when you are not that I can supplement, and mm-hmm. you can do the same thing for me. I don't need no 40% Negro. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. don't.
1: It's, we can't do anything. Well, and you have to remember, here in the U.S., especially for all black peoples who have come here, like coming here and being a dehumanized group, a dehumanized demographic, like this work that we are involved in as a culture is creating humanity for ourselves because we haven't been allowed to be human since we set foot on this soil, and we're 400 years of it, you know? In 1619 to 2019, we're 400 years of being on this soil and being dehumanized, and look at how long it's taking us to start being able to name and have these sorts of conversations. Really trying to say, hey, we are human, we deserve to have the full range of human experiences and emotions, and there's no space for that in the world outside of the one we create with our families or in our partnerships and whatnot. And... That going back to the thing about women being distractions, it's men are really good at compartmentalizing things, and they put this in a box and this in a box, and then they just deal with, like, one box at a time. Women don't generally do that in the same kinds of ways. So for a man to say, I'm going to compartmentalize this because if a woman wants me, she's going to want me just for sex, go back to the three Ps, provider, protector, and pussy, then, then that's how that's supposed to work. Because if you're saying those are the three Ps, then you should quote-unquote be okay with that being the arrangement as opposed to he's trying to protect his energy he knows that that's one area where he can be distracted the woman's not the distraction he knows that he can be distracted because of how he gives of his body and that's actually a really smart and a really insightful way to think about yourself but then it makes the it makes the choice to create not to create not procreation sex but just to create an experience with somebody through sex that's fun So much a more conscious choice Mm -hmm. for him to to choose and to say, I really want to experience this person because of who she is, then she's no longer a distraction. She's an enticement, Mm -hmm. but she's an enticement for all the reasons that I think would really be valuable to him when he's able to get out of seeing women and sex as a distraction. Like Sex is a really great way to remind somebody they're still human come home from that bad day and you still give me a smile, guess what? Let's go back and let's do what we do so that you know I still see you. Mm-hmm. I still feel you. I still care about you and I'm still, we're still a good space for each other. Because it can't be I'm creating space for you. we got to create space for each other and I'm willing to set the example if you don't really know how to do it. But once I show you what to do, I need you to start practicing. Try right. something. You know, You're it can't just halfway. be. Yeah. That, yes. Yeah, we got to be, yeah, Yeah, <laughs>
0: yes. yes. you know, but Okay, so this is another thing that Princess and I was talking about. Mm-hmm. What is the timeline? Oh. You know, because you know, women, we gotta, we gotta we clock. Too. Men yeah. ain't got no clock, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I understand. I get it. You're doing your work. I honor that. I respect you for mm-hmm. it. But what is the timeline? How long do I hold this space for you? Uh, okay, how, so how you know what I'm saying? Like because mm-hmm. there's somebody else knocking at the same door. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's a hot commodity around yes. here. You understand? Um, yes. You know,
0: most women are. You know, they got a lot going for themselves. They're thriving. They're beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of men knocking at the doors. Correct. But for us, sometimes when we find somebody that we're interested in, we normally are just interested in that one person. Yes. And so we don't, quote unquote, hold space for many men in that. At the like, same time, right? Mm-hmm. You know. No, no, no. So it's like, what is the time? How long? can or do we say like okay I'm going to continue to hold space for this person
1: Uh, I think it depends on the person I think it depends on where you're at in your journey because I think there are women who are committed to holding space because they're committed to holding space Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how long it takes they believe and they see something in that man that they are waiting for and they're going to choose to wait for that regardless of if the whole world falls down around them they're going to choose to wait because Mm -hmm. they see it in him If that's who you are, that's who you are, because your girlfriend, your therapist, your preacher, your pastor, your parents are not going to be able to talk you out of it. If you're still functional and you're still, I mean, healthy, I'm not going to get in the way of it either, you know? Um, I think the timeline, and it's hard, because for women, we start thinking about, well, can I have babies, and I got this, and the clock is ticking. My ovaries! Yes, right? (laughs) If I wait until you're 50, I can't have babies. Well, then that's actually about me. Mm-hmm. That's about my timeline of what I want to do, which then is gonna put men in that place of being like, you just want me for what I can provide for you, yeah. not for who I am. Come on. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh we,
0: we we, So we're going down the blue line day, <laughs> okay, huh? Right. Okay. You know Okay, but you know what? Wow, okay. Alright, y'all. Hold on, I gotta take a swig of water because <laughs> over here mm. Child, is, it's mm. a
1: hard conversation you know because to wow. sit to sit there and empathize I'm not
0: gonna be able to have kids yeah wow yeah that's a that's a wow and then it, it almost seems like you're just looking for someone to fit into this world that you have already created but for already yourself okay. right. hmm mm-hmm. hey! you know and if
1: we're if we're gonna be real about wanting to create with another person kids might be part of that kids might not be am I willing to have a kid with you knowing that you're not where you need to be now and then me and the kid got to go through you going through it till you get there. It's a lot to juggle. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have a timeline. But I really do think we need to be conscious about what the timeline means if I really want babies, and I'm willing to have a baby with you and wait for you to get there. Well, then me you and the baby gonna be going through all this together. And if that's a choice that we choose to do, okay, sometimes kids will speed men up. They'd be like, I got to get it right for my child, you know. Um,
0: but then that's a little unfair to him. Tell me about it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. It's unfair to him, but it's, it's, unfair. Also, it's also unfair but to the child's mother. Child. The child yeah. is not everybody, right for the baby,
0: but it's like you couldn't get it right for the woman. I'm really going to be happy the way that it could have if you waited a year. For right. sure.
2: Right. For sure, mm. And I also think, um, I mean, the Buddha talks a lot about this, like the root of our suffering is attachment. Yes, it is. So when we go into that, like, idea of like, and I've been there in my life. So, you know, just kind of put myself Literally, on. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm over <new> here. <laughs> I need to learn how to rephrase some stuff. I'm exactly. Like, when you set that timeline, I think it's like cultural, you know, societal, religious backgrounds that puts you like I've been in that box where I've been like, OK, I have to be. You know in this rigid space of like okay i need kids and a husband by 25 or mm-hmm. life's not gonna happen for me mm-hmm. and coming into a space of being like you know what no like i need myself to be in a good space i need myself to be whole mm-hmm. and then from there i can like you know as things transpire and i feel like you know we find ourselves in spaces of attachment where we're like well if i don't do this and like who am i gonna be mm-hmm. and i think that it goes back you know back to that inner child all the way back to like you know that idea of like perception, like who am I supposed to be? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to act? Like mm-hmm. if I grew up in this Caribbean, Haitian household, I'm supposed to be this woman this way for this man. and the same context for these men, like how are they supposed to react? How are they supposed to, you know, and that comes up for them like, oh, I'm supposed to be a husband. I'm supposed to have kids. I'm supposed to do these things. And I've talked to many of my friends that, you know, have been married as men who have not married and they're men and they've been divorced and they talk about how they got married because of the expectation yes they were expected to get married they were expected to have kids Mm -hmm. and you know one of my friends asked i was like why did you marry her he's like i don't know and like for me like took me back i'm like i thought people married for love like you know like i was like what happened to the romance he's Mm -hmm. like i married her because she wanted to get married Mm -hmm. and you know the expectation was i was supposed to marry her because we were in this situation and you know it happened that way and it's this constant reminder of, like, you know, we put this on ourselves. Like, though we were raised with these ideals, like, as adults, we're trying to change these programs. Mm-hmm. But and changing these programs, we still hold on to little things. Like, well, either we hold on to it and we don't want to act. Whether we meet a partner that is somebody that we connect with and we love and we want to, like, progress with, we're still afraid to act because we're like, well, maybe they'll, she'll expect these things that, you know, from my childhood that I, th- I knew that she was going to expect because that's how she was raised. And I feel like some men create a program in their head already and they, like, fight against that. They're like, oh, this is a good woman and she might want a kids, and she might want a husband and I don't want to do that right now because I got my own time and my own space. And, mm-hmm. you know, it goes back into those programs. So it's like for a woman, you're like, okay, like, am I, like, who, you know, like, you have your space and you hold yourself but you're like, well, dang, like, I thought we had something good going. Mm-hmm. But now it's not because you
0: are choosing for me. Yeah, you're choosing yeah. for me. That is I, like, I, uh, yeah, uh-huh. that's... Th- that has been a conversation that we've kind of recently been having was definitely you're choosing for me i don't okay i definitely don't want to be with a man that's going to choose for me and Mm -hmm. tell me right based Mm -hmm. on what you know of me you're going to assume that this is x y and z like no no no. you can come and talk to me about it sure right but yeah a lot of men choose for women because i am in my 30s like of course yeah she might want to have kids and blah 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 and so then you put me on the back burner mm-hmm. because, like princess says, they're not ready for kids. But no one said I wanted to have kids today. Right. If you would have asked me, I would have told you. I kind of got a, like a three- to four-year plan. Mm-hmm. Like I so said, I'm not ready to have kids right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we got to work on some things before we even get there. Because, you know, right. and I think sometimes men forget a
1: conversation can resolve a lot so many things can be resolved by just okay. using words oh my goodness use your words tell me what you're thinking right. like when elliot said i should be saying this out loud i'm like yeah y'all should be yeah. saying a whole lot of stuff out <laughs> I'm out like, like, yeah absolutely and
0: it's like that question when you ask him, what are you thinking nothing <laughs> <laughs> like, like those memes going around, like yeah no nigga we need you to start thinking it's some, some stuff stuff sure. out loud For like sure. yeah
2: even jerson said that he's like yeah i think about Bust stuff up. yeah
0: but i don't say it. it and yeah. like
2: and I, and I love when he talks about his therapy experience because he's like i realized that i need to be saying more things than i'm thinking and i was like thank you <laughs> like spread <laughs> the word to the brothers yes. <laughs> it's not that deep it's one like, to make yeah. therapy
1: such a safe place so if i'm going to see my therapist i do so i'm excited i'm like oh i get to say all the stuff that i've been holding in And she like as a therapist, like we're taught to be a safe space, you know, and I'm not attached to what my clients say. And I love going to my therapist. I'm like, oh, I can tell her everything. She's just paid to listen. And then I get to pick and choose what I want to take out of session after I leave. And I love that. But like I tell my clients, you're not responsible for being your partner's therapist because you can't do that work. You're not trained to it's too many roles for you. Bring that, you know, to my office and let's figure it out together. But you all do have a responsibility to learn what it means to listen and to invite conversation, because those inner yeah. worlds that you both have, they are going to influence what you do on the outside. And if you don't know your own inner world, you can't even give your partner a roadmap. And I feel like that's what we're trying to get to: is mm. do I know me enough that I can give my partner a roadmap? Right. You know, stop hopping then... from one penis to another. <laughs> <laughs> stop going from one female to another. Like, it's
0: for real. No after idea. that relationship right. It's like the point of relationships is for us to be able to grow yes. and develop as people. Yes. me and Princess yes. talk about like there is this intimate space that only takes place when you're like romantically mm-hmm. you know involved with someone that allows you to be able to grow substantially, yes, and it, it only takes place in this space, that's right. so when you end a relationship, it's can we take a few uh, maybe a month? or more. Or like, you know, at then, least. Yeah. I'm just saying like mm-hmm. at least a month Too much something so you can figure out, okay, like, what about this situation that I didn't like? Yes. Where could I have grown versus Mm -hmm. you talking about, oh, he wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. He or she wasn't doing this. She wasn't doing Mm -hmm. that. But no, like, what did I learn from this experience? How have I grown as a person? Mm -hmm. Like, what have I learned about what I don't want or what I need in relationships? It's like, what did I, how did I
1: grow? Yep. And -hmm. how did I contribute to how this didn't work out? Yes. Like, I've been divorced almost It'll be three years this year, I think, officially, and the the book I recommend to anybody going through a breakup and and just to understand like the fact that every relationship is like has its own life cycle: the beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, is it's called "Coming Apart" by Daphne Kingma. I use it personally for me, but I use it with all my clients that have relationship issues because, outside of the, you know, all relationships require you know love and nurture and everything else. Like it says every relationship is here to help you meet a psychological or an emotional development phase need in your life and when you have reached that emotional or developmental um, emotional or psychological developmental task the relationship has served its purpose and a lot of us don't know when that has happened we just know now we're fighting more now we broke up now we're not together and we don't know we can go back and say what was i looking for in this relationship and when did i get it and once I got it, then it makes sense why the relationship stopped working because it was there was nothing else for it to do because we weren't talking about that. Same thing for my for your partner. They may have gotten a need met with you that you didn't realize, which is why they all of a sudden checked out or whatever happened, because they got a need met. And sometimes it happens by just being in the relationship meets the need. And then once it went, well, what happened? How, could I, how did everything go left? It's because some sort of a need was met by being able to be in a relationship and then Now you didn't have any any other needs to add into the relationship. You just thought you were just going off on your own little, you know, um, happily ever, ever Mm. path. And you weren't. So if we don't, like, if we don't treat relationships with the respect that they deserve for their own energy and their own currency, Mm -hmm. we're going to find ourselves um, attached to these illusions of what we thought relationships really were. And that's not it. It's its own flow. It is. It is its own flow, its own cycle. It's its own. It has its own growth process, and if it's got a growth pro, it has a birth, a growth, and a death process. And every relationship can grow, birth, and uh, can birth, grow, and die. But multiple it's, times. No, multiple times. But it's our responsibility to say, okay, how do we rebirth? Mm-hmm. 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 And we won't have that conversation. I mean, we cut off sex. We're abstinent with this. Okay, but for what purpose? Because I mm-hmm. want to do. What my, my goal of being abstinent, it's got to serve a purpose beyond I'm just stopping this one thing that throws me out of control all the time. No, I'm consciously doing this because the next time I have sex, I want to make sure that it serves this purpose. I want it to grow into, I want it to change its meaning to being this new thing. So then mm-hmm. that means I can't keep cutting people off because they are the enemy. It means I need to start searching for the person that I want to consciously create sex's new definition mm-hmm. with that person.
0: Right, I think Brother Brian said something very similar to that when he was saying that he had to stop looking for that special something deep down in that we all have deep down in, in ourselves and other people. He had to find it within mm-hmm. within himself.
1: Mhm, mhm. But we're all taught to look outside.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I think also like with that idea of like that idea of looking internally like when you do find those spaces within yourself that you begin to heal and you come into like, I think like basically coming home to yourself Mm -hmm. because you stop making excuses of being like, well, I have to be this or you stop being on, like you're on a show, you know, like on a stage. It's like, no, I'm present for myself and this Mm -hmm. is who I am authentically. Then you begin to attract that person that then you vibe with on that same wave. But it goes back into that idea. So when you do find that person, I'm laughing because it's so interesting because we get into this space of like, I found someone I connect with, and we have this energy, and it's flowing, and it's beautiful. Yeah. But then the fear comes Trump. in. Yeah. <laughs> so then the fear comes Ooh, in. Oh, and my life, life, life. oh, my God. And you're oh like, oh why are so nice? Uh-huh. Why are they this? Why are they uh-huh. that? And like, why do they want to be present for me? What's wrong with them? And I'm like, I just want to hold space for you. And for that, you know, I mean, and a lot of the men talked about that. Like, I mean, Elliot kind of mentioned that when his partner's trying to be present for him, and he kind of has some resistance behind that. Like, he kind of just like, okay, I understand why she wants to be here, but also he's like, I'm aware of it, but then I don't speak on it. Mm-hmm. I don't say anything. And, you know, even me listening to what Tino had to say about that and how he, you know, basically touched on um relationships a bit. You know, all these same ideas with these men from Jerson to, from the end to the beginning their relationships are based on, like, I'm still learning. And yeah. I feel like, you know, that was something that I really took away from everything that the men said even pizza, He's like, I'm not in a relationship right now, but I'm still learning things from the experiences yeah. that I've had with women, mm-hmm. you know, and me trying to grow myself and trying to be better present so that when I do get into a relationship, I want to be this way. Um, and even Brother Brian, I like his ending. He's like, you know, I'm training my mind. I'm trying to learn these things, but it's like the heart. And I feel like a lot of the men didn't touch on the heart as much because there were from every conversation there were these emotional um, I think each of them touched on something that was really deep and emotional to them that they didn't realize was going to come up. Yeah. And I was really like interested to see where they would go with it but a lot of them had either to trap them girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had I had to pause. get them
0: there. I had to get them there. Yeah. <laughs> was, a little bit. Yeah. 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 They were very mm-hmm. resistant. Right. Mm-hmm. They were really tactful in the way that they answered their questions.
1: Yeah, they got to put their narrative mm-hmm. out there yeah. and I mean that's how they've learned to survive this yeah. entire world. No, 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 no. They push the narrative. said
2: baby Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) So, but there were some pauses. But I feel like a lot of them did like kind of get in a comfortable space. You know, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. a comfortable space, and you can tell like, hey, and then I feel like that reflection to them, them hearing themselves, that was really big, right, for a few of them
0: Mm -hmm. hearing themselves. It was liberating. It was like, Mm. oh my goodness, like, I know, oh man. I'm getting emotional because this series was really dear like to my heart. I, oh man, sorry guys. Take your time. I received such a beautiful message from one of the men and them hearing their voice for the first time and I was like I got to keep going, you know. Yeah. That's made me feel so blessed. I was like, oh my goodness. They, them hearing their voice for the first time was really a healing process for mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had never really told their story. Even though there were different ways and how they expressed themselves, but somehow the space on the blue line was just very powerful mm-hmm, and emotional for mm-hmm. them where they were able to get over you know, something that they were really, really struggling with, and so that is, that made me feel so great to know that, like, a lot of them hearing themselves for the first time, it was different. Yeah. yeah. It's different. They, they're not used to it, and then they were just so happy, it's like, thank you for wanting, you know, mm-hmm. to hear my story, and. know. In a space that wasn't judgmental or me trying to beat them up or Mm -hmm, like, you know, mm -hmm. because I'm going to tell you, some of the girls that were like submitting questions Mm -hmm. to ask for this series, they really thought it was going to be like a male bashing situation. And when the first few episodes came out, you know, they were scolding me a little bit like. You making excuses for them. Oh <laughs> like, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're this and that. Like, I was just like, okay, I see why you single still. <laughs> like, you know, I see. Uh, God bless the man who
1: you mm-hmm. know but that has been a really special series. It's been really great. But like that goes back to your first question is like, how do we hold space? Mm-hmm. Because we get this.
0: Right.
1: Because our willingness to hold space and to let people bring their stories of course it's going to be not just rewarding to us but like you're changed yeah because of what these men contributed and in their other relationships the same benefit is possible yeah that's that birth process of the relationship I
0: think that's what women want Mm -hmm. we just want to know that not that you guys need us emotionally Mm -hmm. but like say that we do something yeah that frees you in that way. That we're I safe. Think that yeah, that Not we're yet. a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For mm-hmm. you and it's okay. I know there's a lot of men who they have gone to that safe space mm-hmm. with women and women have abused that. Yes. And so that's why they don't want to go there anymore. Yes. But there are men who just have never been in that space period. Mm-hmm. And they're just like I'm afraid of of knowing that a person can kind of you know, um, sway the way that they feel and how they react to things or like whatever. But anyways, that's a whole nother thing. It's but can we talk true. about this poem? <laughs> yes, yes, can we? Listen.